This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you drink cappuccinos at all hours? Do you offer unsolicited advice? Do you always call shotgun? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things I can make. It's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our moose-bouche. Let's get in it. So for today's moose-bouche, I want to take you to Italy. And it's a place we've been to before on our fictional <laughs> moose-bouches. And um, so today, I want to take you to Florence. And we're going to be sitting in the Piazza della Signoria in the heart of this city. And we've just snagged a table at the Café Rivoire. And we're going to watch all the tourists stroll by. And in the distance... We can see the Fountain of Neptune, and then there's a copy of the David, which is actually where the original David was for hundreds of years before they moved it over to the Academia. And behind the David is the Palazzo Vecchio, which is the town hall. And of course, we have the clock tower there, and it's about one o'clock. You know, let's have a coffee. Prendiamo un caffè. So what should we have? Should we have a cappuccino? Should we have a latte? Leah, what what would you like? (laughs) You painted such a lovely picture. I was like, oh, I'm just looking around really quick. I'm checking everything out. Um, I feel like there's an answer where I'm supposed to have a certain kind of a coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know what that answer is, but I want to say that it's a very beautiful picture and I'm just going to have a cappuccino. Okay. So there is this rule, <laughs> quote unquote, that Italians do not drink cappuccinos or lattes after 11 a.m. Full stop. Don't do it. Huge faux pas. <laughs> Exile you to Elba. And some people even say after 10 a.m., it's off limits. And is this really a rule? Like, is this really a thing? So let's dig in. So first of all, what is a cappuccino or latte for anybody who doesn't know? Basically, these are espresso-based beverages that have some proportion of milk in some form. Steamed, frothy, foamy, microfoam, etc. Delicious. But they're very milky coffee beverages. And it is true. You can meet Italian people who are like, absolutely not after a certain time. And there'll be coffee shops who are like, at 1101, 
They'll be like, no, we don't have milk. We poured it all down the drain. It's gone. No, no more milk. So it is true that a lot of Italian people really do think of these as breakfast items. And so why would you be eating breakfast items when it's not breakfast? Now, for us Americans, we have a very hard time with this concept because if you're like, I had pancakes for dinner, we'd be like, awesome. That's great. Like, do you like breakfast foods for dinner? I like breakfast foods at all times. Right. I mean, there's huge movements to try and get McDonald's to serve egg McMuffins at all hours. Oh, yeah. People want it. People want that breakfast menu. But for Italians, no, they really do think of these milky beverages as like breakfast things. And so there was this great survey that was done. I'll post a link to it in the show notes where somebody also wanted to dig into this whole time thing. And the conclusion is it's not actually about time. It's about purpose. What is the purpose of this milky beverage? So I think one thing to know about Italians is that they usually have a very light breakfast. And these cappuccinos or lattes, like the milk part is the breakfast. It is the nutrients that they want to start their day. And then Italians are also very concerned with good digestion, which is something we can dig into in greater detail in another day. But (laughs) these two things sort of combine to create this quote unquote rule. So the idea is like after 11 a.m., you are too close to the lunch zone. Mm. So that's why there's this sense that that would be too late. But there are definitely Italian people who have no problem having an afternoon snack of a cappuccino and a piece of pastry at three o'clock. Like that's fine because the purpose of that cappuccino is the snack. So I think that's then also fine. So I think if we're going to try and make a rule about this, it's that you just don't have these milky beverages with a meal or right after a meal, but it's only fine if it is your meal or it is your snack. Now, interestingly, gelato is totally exempt from all of this. (laughs) So... So that's something to note because etiquette rules don't always have to make sense. And actually, thank goodness, because can you imagine if gelato was off limits, you know, at all hours? It'd be a crisis. It would be horrible. Terrible. Terrible. Do you have a favorite gelato flavor? I really like pistachio. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah, that is always a solid choice. For me, I always go with fior di latte because this is the purest expression of gelato. Oh. Like it's only milk, cream, and sugar. There's no other flavors in it. So you can't hide. You can't if you're, hide. <laughs> if you're a gelato maker, there's no place for you to hide. And so it really is like the best way to see how good their gelato is. Oh. And, you know, I'm always looking to test people. <laughs> And we're back. And now it's time to go deep. Oh, this one is, I'm already sweating. I'm sweating and I'm in a very cold area. So I'm really sweating. So this was prompted by a question from you all, which was, quote, would you do a deep dive on how to react after someone tells you they're pregnant? What should you say? What should you not say? This is on my mind because I'm pregnant and recently started telling friends and family. What a minefield. My friends without kids have actually been really supportive, but my friends with kids are a disaster. The unsolicited advice, the invasive body questions, the righteousness. It's crazy. Also, you know how people have their babies listen to Mozart in utero to make them geniuses? I've decided that mine will listen to Were You Raised by Wolves to make them a better person. A lovely, lovely <laughs> ending of that of that question. I like that idea. <laughs> Do you think that actually would work? I mean, that's that's what the research says. So please try that. And then in 18 years, <laughs> check back with us and let us know. Did it work? Are they good people now? I hope so. So this is a minefield, I mean. Minefield. A, I was so delighted to read the sentence. My friends without kids have actually been really supportive. Mm. 
Yes. Because I, as a person without kids, most of my friends have children. And I really am delighted when they share their news. And I, not that this is necessarily me, but as one of the friends without kids, I'm glad to know that we are stepping up our game of things, not that we because we can't relate it back to our You're friends. You're not the problem. We, yeah, to hear that like, whoo, thank God. <laughs> Finally, we did something right. We, we did it as a group. We are supportive friends. And I think that is the key word, supportive. I think if we take nothing else away, it's the idea that we want to be supportive of this announcement. So that's like the takeaway. And excited for people. Well, so here's a question. Because in looking into what other people have said, the idea that congratulations should be the default answer is actually a little controversial because that assumes that they're excited about the news. And so I think the first question is just sort of like, are they excited about the news? And so then congratulations could be a little dicey. So I think if we have any doubts, I think something else. Wow. Is that something you say? Wow. Um, or do we just say congratulations and that's just a default, even if, you know, they don't take it that way? I feel like if somebody is sharing the news with you, I understand what you're saying. And I've definitely thought about this many times. And I do think that's a possibility. Obviously, also, people are nervous. They don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. But I kind of I think I err on the side of and I could be wrong, throwing myself behind a positive excitement for them. And then if they then offer up, oh, I, I'm sort of nervous. I'm, I'm not sure about this. Then I will adjust my sales. Mm, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, for me, I thought like, oh, congratulations is like a good just default setting. Like that should be universal and that should work. Right. I agree with you. And then I see why we would worry that maybe that wasn't right. true. But then I think I've worked myself back to a come full circle. Yeah. yeah. So just go with congratulations. That works. And then yeah. if somebody offers up their fears or their worries, then I'm, I'm, I'm behind that too. But I'm just going to go in with like, yay. <laughs> right. And then I think what you should then do is just like, how are you doing? So like, that's a good check-in and keep the focus on the person that is pregnant and not make it about yourself. Yeah. I think that's the takeaway from this person's question. People are making <laughs> it about their, which I understand why people want to relate it back. I think also a lot of times people want to share their experience because they didn't get to talk about it or, but you know, let this person's announcement be about their experience. Yeah. The unsolicited advice thing, like we have the internet. And unless you have some wisdom that is not available on the internet or from their doctor, I, I don't think you need to share it unless you're specifically asked. I was going to say unless you're specifically asked. Right. And you probably won't be asked. <laughs> I've also watched my friends with pregnant and um, with children and even strangers walk up to them and just say things or and you're like, wow. Well, actually, I did assemble a list of things not to say, according to people on the internet. So... The first one was in an elevator. Apparently, this is very common. Strangers will say, don't have that baby in here. Apparently, this is a very <laughs> Why common. Why are people saying these things? <laughs> so if you're in an elevator and a stranger walks in who happens to be pregnant, don't say that. Yeah, don't say that. Other things not to say are, you look tired. You can globally say that across. Don't say that to anybody ever. <laughs> yeah, never, never say that in any circumstance. Another thing not to say is, how did the father react? Oh, my friends who are like over 35 who have had babies, people come. Oh, I had a geriatric pregnancy and people are like, OK, <laughs> I don't need to hear. You know, you're like, I'm, I'm 36. I don't, they're like, how is it like to have a child when you're so old? And, and my friends are like, OK, calm down. Who are you? 
Right. I'm sorry. Uh, can I just pick up my takeout order? I think another thing not to say is, how did that happen? Um, yeah, that's definitely not something Which to say. Which I have seen somebody oh, say to somebody. I mean. I mean. Wow. Okay. Another thing not to say is, I can't picture you as a mom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the funny so, thing is you're like, never. But then you obviously can see somebody saying oh, this. Of these course. are not inconceivable things. Yes. And then also something that does come up quite a bit is don't touch someone's belly. Don't do that. Whether or not you know them or definitely if they're a stranger, do not touch people. Yes. Don't do so that. That's not... Unbelievable. And I think in general, one thing to keep in mind about pregnancy is it's actually a very private event. And it doesn't have anything to do with you. And so you really have to be invited into the conversation. Like, it, it is not up for public consumption, even though, you know, you can visibly see someone who is pregnant, you know, at some point. So I think that's just something to keep in mind. Like, wait to be invited into the conversation. You know how I, uh, certain issues I feel are very... Uh... I feel very, (laughs) I do believe that women are often treated as like a group, like we all get to comment. Mm. And then I feel pregnant women or women who with newborns, it's somehow like it's been collectively decided that society gets to constantly comment on their mothering or not mothering. Yeah. And I saw this once it was in the Chicago airport. I was like, you know, on the, the moving things. I saw a man. Oh, people mover. Yeah. Man walk up to this woman and touch her belly. <gasps> and she Wait, like, going in opposite directions? No, I was going in opposite oh. direction and I okay. saw it as I was like on a moving thing and I like screamed out and I was like, what? You know what I mean? But I just, and women do it to women too. It's not just men doing it to women, but it's this, as you just said it, you need to be invited into somebody's life. We can't. It's not for all of us to comment. Right. And I do think it, you know, it happens across the board with women and children, whether they're not having children, whether they already had children, whether they're pregnant. It's like a running commentary where people who aren't even related to or even know the person feel free to comment. And then if you know the person, Mm. but still haven't been invited, even if you know the person and it hasn't been invited for you to discuss, it's not really don't give your opinion until you've been, as you said, invited. But what's interesting is our letter writer here finds that the people who have already gone through this process are guilty of committing these etiquette crimes. And so it's sort of like, shouldn't these people know better since they have probably been the victim of these same etiquette crimes when they went through it their time, right? I mean, I some of my friends who are- Is this just a short-term memory problem? My guess is that it's not all women with children. It's I do have friends who have children. Because I think I'm the person without children amongst a lot of my female friends, mm. I hear a lot of the stories because people feel safe coming to me okay. to vent. <laughs> to complain about your other friends. Yeah. <laughs> or not even in the same friends group, but like I don't even live in the same place as a lot of these people. They just need to get it out somewhere. Okay. I think there's this huge pressure between mothers. Mm. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I think that sort of is a part of that. Right. Well, I think if we had to give any take-home messages, it's wait to be invited and be supportive and just say, like, congratulations. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you and leave it there. And I love what you said earlier. How are you feeling? How's it going? What? You yeah, know, how's it going? Yeah. How you doing? See what they want to talk about. Yeah. Definitely don't say your life is over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that one, too. <laughs> don't do it. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. 
and Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already, we started at 10. And then we keep going up. But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm I'm so glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. (laughs) You know, love happens. And you out there, you're going (laughs) to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. So our first question is, quote, what is the etiquette when couples are riding in a car? Who should ride shotgun and who should be in the back? Do couples ride next to their partners or apart? For some reason, when it's a mix of men and women, I feel obligated to offer the front passenger seat to a male because leg room? Because I'm a woman? Are men supposed to ride up front while women chat in the back? I'm 5'9", so I like leg room too. Mmm. Huh. So... I guess there's this antiquated notion that like the men are up front while the ladies are doing their hand embroidery in the back. Like, is there some sort of like old automobile etiquette, you know, when you're riding in your Etzel? Like, is that what <laughs> no, this is? Back when we, this is before <laughs> seatbelts. And oh, definitely. Yes. You know, I try to think about this from all angles. A, I, I don't know if there is. I guess I, I guess women sat in the back and then. You know, you look at mob movies and the two mobsters are always in the front and then their wives are in the back being like, can we crack a window? You know, I kind of think it's more like, um, are you catching up with your friends? And then who's the better friend? Like, did you want to mm. sit next to somebody? I'm always the driver. So. Well, let's let's figure it out. Let's say it's you and me and it's Chad and Lisa and we're all going to be going to the Valentina's Grand Italian Buffet. Oh. Which, if you've never been to the Valentino's Italian Grand Buffet in Lincoln, Nebraska, let me tell you, it's pretty spectacular. And that's going to be a long ride, so we're going to have to be real comfortable. <laughs> right, because we're leaving from here. <laughs> so it's Chad's car. So Chad is driving, and Chad and Lisa are together. And so the question is, who sits where? So Chad is driving. So I think Lisa, as co-host of this party, should ask her guests, which is us, where we would like to sit. So I think Lisa would offer up the front seat to one of us. 
And then if she was really tall, as a courtesy, we'd be like, oh, no, 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 you take it. But if one of us was very tall, then I guess one of us might take it. And then whoever's left is in the back. I would also like to throw in there just for pragmatism. Mm-hmm. I would also ask if any, some people get carsick and I think they get priorities. Oh, okay. I mean, I think that we want to treat this like a dinner party. So I think the hosts should still offer up the good seat to their guests. And then it would be on the guest to say, oh, does anybody else need the front? Does anybody else get car sick? Does anybody else need the leg room? And then like offer back to everyone else. I think that would be the polite thing to do. Well, that's what we're talking about. I know. (laughs) But this is one of those things where it's the polite thing to do and where I still feel that if Chad and Lisa were like, we're taking the front, it's our car, I would be like, fine. Oh, I mean, that's a little aggressive. It is. I mean, I don't think they would say that. They would just get in. Well, I mean, Chad and Lisa, we know how they are. Obviously, it's Chad and Lisa. But I think you would want to offer up the good seats, quote unquote, to your guests first and then let them accept or decline based on the other rules of etiquette. Yeah. Okay. I think that's very nice. And, and that's non-gender based. That's just. It is definitely non-gender based. It's yeah. just host and hostess based. Right. And if one of these people is very tall, then of course, yes, let the person have more leg room. That is a courtesy to everyone else. Yeah. But I think your point is also good, which is like, what was the point of this drive? Are we catching up? Like, how long is it? In which case, yeah, you should probably sit across from the person that you want to catch up with. Yeah. Right. So that's how we would handle that. Seems solid. Okay. Our next question is, quote, I've recently moved across the country to South Carolina for a job, but with a decent pay cut. I was struggling to find housing I could afford that wasn't cockroach infested, and my parents discovered a friend of a friend who lived in a very nice house that had an extra room I could rent. So I took it. The problem is, I'm very independent and I like to do most things alone. But the owner seems to really want to hang out, introduce me to his friends, and eat out together. But I'm more of a home cook, meal prep, and stay-at-home type, especially with the pay cut. He also uses the word we a lot. For example, the night I arrived, he said... I figured we could go to the store tomorrow, whereas I would like some alone time to shop for necessities and just be alone. Please help. I wrote Dicey again for this question. I feel okay. like we have multiple episodes of Dicey questions. I mean, the the easy ones, uh, all that low-hanging fruit, that's already been taken <sighs> care of. Yeah. And this is one of those ones where I wish I could be a fly on the wall and see the tone. Mm, we think it's a tone-based issue. Mm. There's the situation of this was the first night this person was there and maybe this right. person was just trying to be nice nice, and hostessy <laughs> right? and be like, I'll take you to the grocery store so you know where it is and where the things are. Yeah, you're new in the neighborhood and don't know anybody. So here are some friends. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's the other side of using we and inviting where you feel like it's not just that you like to be alone. You feel that this person is actually somehow making you very uncomfortable. Mm, Right. I mean, I guess my first sort of thought was like, I totally get wanting to be left alone. Like, I get that. You know, I, I, I also like my alone time. I love solitude. It's wonderful. So I get that. But also I was like, Let's reframe this as an opportunity to make a friend and create some new connections. And it's Southern hospitality. And let's not like close the door on this because it sounds kind of like this might just be a nice person. And maybe with like a little boundary setting, like this can be fine. Yeah, especially since it was the first night. Right. Although I suspect since this email probably didn't come in on the second day. Yeah. That that maybe this is like not getting better, that there's still some we issues here. It's so hard when you're running a room inside a house because it's not like a separate 
I also really like my own space and my own. Mm -hmm. And then you sort of feel obligated because you're in a house to be like, oh, hey, how are you? You know, you want to be polite and grateful. And I agree 100 percent with what you said, that there could be nice, friendly time and then set up the boundaries for I need this other time for myself. Yeah, I think the solution here is you do need to spend time with this homeowner. Like, I don't think you can just be a boarder. So I think you do have some obligation since this was a friend of a friend and I think they're maybe doing you a little bit of a favor or this, you know, whatever it was. So I do think you need to join in for some social something every week. So, you know, a Sunday supper, like there just needs to be something. But then I think you can have a polite but direct conversation, which was like, hey, I really appreciate everything you're doing. Love meeting your friends. Love being invited to the supermarket. But like, I also really appreciate my alone time. So forgive me if... I can't always join you or if I decline sometimes. It's not personal. It's not that I'm not appreciative. It's just like, I just need that for myself sometimes. So that's what that is. And I think you could explain that in a nice way. That's non-judgmental and not a comment on them. And I think that could be one way to handle it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And like you said, Sunday supper, or you could say like, let's do dinners together on Tuesdays. Yeah. And I think it would be nice if you actually hosted something in the house once a week you know, Taco Tuesdays. And then that actually might get you off the hook for other obligations. Yeah. And I don't think you said, especially meal prep, stay at home type, especially with a pay cut. I don't think you have any obligations to go out to dinner. Oh, definitely not. No, I think you can absolutely set a financial boundary. there. Yeah, yeah. No problem there. Yeah. I think it's just about having a polite and direct conversation about your needs and what is going to work for you. And you want to be appreciative and all that. But I think if you set some nice boundaries, the harmony will reign. Yeah, unless it was the other read of it where this person just keeps opening your door and being like, let's go, <laughs> let's go grocery shopping right now. And in which case, you're going to have to move. Or the old standby, pigeon spikes and bear traps. <laughs> just roll it down right in front. <laughs> I had a roommate like that. That's why I, where the boundary was impossible and one of us just had to go. Uh, okay. And that was not her. <laughs> So our next question, uh, oh, I mean, unbelievable. I mean, wow. What is this question? Okay. My lip, did you see my lip just started sweating? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be very curious to see if your notes on this are the same as mine. All right. Without further ado, <laughs> quote, we invited my in-laws to a special birthday dinner for my youngest. And when we arrived at the restaurant, we discovered that they had invited another family. When the waiter asked if there would be separate checks, they said we had, quote, generously offered to treat them all. The other family are distant relatives, and my husband and I didn't see any way out of this awkward situation. Please validate my frustrations here. Was this rude? Yeah. Was this correct? Uh, no. What would you have done? Can I reseat family in my theater? I didn't even write down... <laughs> I just circled, please validate my frustrations here multiple <laughs> times with like a thousand exclamation points. So I wrote, this is gross. <laughs> this is gross. Yeah. It is gross. It's gross. Yeah. So just to clarify, just in case maybe I missed something here, you invited your in-laws to dinner and then they invited additional people without asking you and then made you pay for everybody. Is that what happened? That's what, and can I add to that? <laughs> you invited them for a birthday dinner for your child. Oh. It's about- I mean, as if that matters at this point. But it's the kid, you're celebrating the kid's birthday. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden, it's about these distant relatives. Mm -hmm. What? 
And you know they ordered the lobster thermidor. Like, they definitely went for the most expensive options on this menu. They had drinks. Oh, yeah. No, there's Steak Diane prepared tableside. Oh, yeah, the works. Of course. So... So, yes, your frustrations are so valid. Frustration yeah. seems to be like a, a kind word. Yes, I think that would be a very mild way to put it. I mean, what could we have done? Was there a way out of this? I, I honestly think this is another one of those, how could one have prepared? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I was thinking of, the only option maybe is you knew as soon as you discovered this bonus family at your dinner that there was trouble and that there was probably going to be some issue with the bill. Like, that's what would have gone through my mind the entire time. It was like, am I paying for all these people? So you could maybe have pulled the waiter aside and explained how the checks should be delivered to the table. Maybe you'd be like, we're going to pay for these set of people, but then please bring a separate check for those people. I think I would have spent the first 20 minutes because... They didn't find out until they got to the restaurant. It's not like they got oh. a phone call in advance. I would have just been like, is this happening? Yeah. No, you just walk to the booth and be like, oh, there's extra four people here. And it's your kid's birthday. It's it's not like they were bringing somebody who had kids to like make the kid happier. You know what I mean? They've made something. I mean, what? No, no. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know what I mean? It's it's not, it's not, has nothing to do with celebrating. No, it was just like, oh, we heard there was a nice dinner happening. We want to be in on that. Yeah, that we could get for free. It's just, I really feel like the person was so taken aback. I would have just replayed it. And then you don't want to cause a scene in front of your kid for their birthday party. Um, yeah, you don't want to cause a scene. I guess if you were really feeling prepared and really could nail the tone, when the waiter came and there was this sort of like, oh, ha, 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 they're going to pay for all of us. What you could have maybe jumped in with was, oh, yes, we would be delighted to take care of these people. Feel free to bring a separate check for these people. And just say that very neutrally and factually and just have that be what it is. And then if those other people are mad that they're stuck with the bill, that's not on you. If you could land that? It would really require you to stick the landing, get a perfect 10 across the board. Yeah. I mean, you could say it anyway. They're being so incredibly rude that it would be very hard, but I, I don't think I would have it in me to say it in that moment. I think I would just be so... Yeah, no, you would be shocked. This is shocking. I would be shocked for the entire 90-minute experience. So it would be very difficult to do this. But I think one thing to keep in mind about etiquette in general is like there's this feeling that we don't want to embarrass people. But that actually only applies to embarrassing people who are acting politely. Right. We are allowed to embarrass people who are not acting politely. That actually is allowed. You're allowed to make people feel uncomfortable who are doing bad things. I really want a poster that says that. As a side <laughs> note, I want a poster that says you're allowed to make people feel uncomfortable who are making you uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. If somebody is expressing bad etiquette behavior, we don't have to tolerate that and we can make them feel bad about it. You know, in a polite way, still within the bounds of etiquette. But the idea that etiquette prevents you from ever making someone feel uncomfortable, that's not true, actually. So that's a little advanced. But I think uh, our audience is ready for uh, a little etiquette uh, 201. Our audience, me too. I mean, I'm sweating, but I'm also kind of very excited. I mean, can you yeah. imagine how exciting to say that and let them know you're not taking, you know what I mean? Oh, no, they're paying for theirs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. So I think that's just something to keep in mind that like etiquette does not require you to always make everyone feel comfortable all the time. Um, you do have the ability to make a certain subset of people, bad people, 
feel embarrassed and that's fine. So for this, if you could muster it, I think that would be okay. It was just factual. That's the real key. It'd be like, oh yes, we're going to be paying for these people. But yes, uh, you can bring a separate check for uh, these other diners. Thank you. I love that. And I think obviously this person is well within their- Oh yes. And if those extra bonus people are mad about it, they're not mad at you. You didn't invite them. You didn't say you were going to be buying them dinner. Yeah. It's these other people who issued an invitation they should have never have issued. They're the ones who did the bad thing. You can be mad at them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't saying like, <gasps> because I think it, that would be a great thing to say. I just can't imagine being ready with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, this really would be impossible to pull off because no one has that in their back pocket. <laughs> well, I mean, now we do. Now, now we do. you do. Now you do. If this happens to you, if you show up to your child's birthday party and there's extra people there who are asking you to buy them dinner, sure, ready to roll. This is just so stressful. And the can I receipt family in my theater? Oh, right. Um, yeah, <laughs> you absolutely can. I think that seems like a big yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing with receiving people, that metaphor that I sometimes use, it is not about necessarily announcing this to the person that's being resat. Like you don't actually tell them. You just do it for yourself and how you want to engage with them and how much mental energy you want to spend on that relationship. And, you know, the further somebody is in your theater at the high balcony, you just spend less effort there. And that's fine. As opposed to the closer relationships, the people on stage with you, those are the relationships you really want to nurture and spend more time with. And that's more of your bandwidth. So if you want to receive these people, have at it. Don't have to tell them. But uh, definitely do it. I do think it moving forward in the future with, I mean, it's hard because it's your in-laws. So it's very close relationship, but I would be careful inviting them to, I'd be like, uh, this is a closed dinner. You know, don't invite <laughs> anybody else. Well, what you have to do is have to make it like a rave where you only announce the location an hour before. <laughs> <laughs> People have to have the password. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like you'll get a text uh, 45 minutes uh, with the location. <laughs> So do you want the secret location from us? Let us know. You can ask us through our website, wereraisedbywolves.com, or you can text us or leave us a voicemail, 267-CALL-RBW. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn, it actually has fresh linen. And it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. 
which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent? Uh, I'm going to repent. Okay. feel like it's been a while. <laughs> That's because knowing <laughs> that we have vent to repent, I uh-huh. often try to fix situations before we record. <laughs> yes. Which I think is a nice thing that we all should be doing. Yes. Trying to... Prevent the repent. Yes, which I would have done anyway, but now it's just on a timeline, you know. (laughs) Right. So for today. So for today, I'm going to repent. And it's just, it's just, it it comes to me sometimes when I'm walking or trying to fall asleep at night or, Hmm. and I thought, I'll just bring it to the show. Okay. A while back, not that long ago, in recent episodes, we had a lovely person write in who said that they got nervous about sending out their Christmas cards because they wrote more on some people's than others. And what if mm-hmm. one of those people saw that they'd written more or less on the card to them? Right. And then I, in an attempt to say that I understood the anxiety, brought up that I sometimes sent different cards to people who were right. related to each other. Mm-hmm. I have then, since then, worried that I made that person feel that what they were doing was somehow inadequate oh. because that was the last thing I wanted to do. I thought our letter writer was so conscientious and that they would even think about it, showed how wonderful they were, and then I felt, I was trying to say, I relate the thinking, and you know, double think, thinking, oh, is this... I relate to that. I've often fallen to that myself is what I was trying to say. But then I worried that maybe I made it sound like you should be sending different cards, which is not what I meant at all. And I have felt very bad about it ever since. And it just comes to me in moments of silence and that I somehow would have made that person feel that they should be sending. That's not what I meant at all. They're absolutely perfect. I just wanted to say... I, I also feel that worry sometimes too. And especially in a year like this where I couldn't get out any cards. Here's this person genuinely trying to get out cards. Yeah. And then I accidentally, maybe the idea that I would have said something that made them feel like they weren't doing enough just haunts my dreams. And wow. I would like to apologize. Okay. Um, yeah, this was really serious, Leah. I mean, we've all been talking about it. So I'm really glad that you uh, have admitted your mistake. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I mean, as etiquette crimes go, this feels really mild. But if it makes you feel better, I'm very happy that we have a forum for you. It's woken me up at night. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if not this, it would be something else. So okay. it would be those people I murdered back in the early '90s. That doesn't bother me so much. No, you're from Maine. But the idea that I made somebody feel bad about Christmas cards—that destroys me. <laughs> so for me. I had an in-person, oh, I want to vent. I mean, obviously. So (laughs) for me, I had an in-person meeting with somebody last week. And so we got it all scheduled. Like, oh, what time's good? Okay, great. I'll see you there. And so I'm there, obviously, on time. And um, no show yet. Okay, so I will give you 15 minutes. I'm not thrilled about it, but like, I'll give you 15 minutes. And then at the 15-minute mark, and obviously I look at my iPhone to make sure that the second hand totally sweeps to that 15-minute mark before I'll text you. I'll text you, and I might even leave you a voicemail. So I did that. No response. So I leave, and I go back to my desk, and I send an email on the same thread where we had confirmed all this and be like, hey, you know, we had a confirmed appointment today. Just want to, like, check in, see if there was a glitch or something. No response. (gasps) And so now it's been, like, a week later. And so now I'm thinking, like, oh, my goodness, I should reach out to their family because something horrible has happened. I mean, they've been kidnapped or, you know, there's been some injury. But no, no. A quick look at the Instagram definitely confirms 
she is definitely alive and she definitely has enough internet access to post daily. What? <laughs> so, so as we know, it is actually not polite to say to a person directly that you're being rude. Like that's not something we do. But I do not believe there is a prohibition for me saying someone is rude to a global audience of listeners. <laughs> and uh, so I would like to use this opportunity to say, you, madame, you are single-handedly destroying the fabric of humanity. You are tearing at both the warp and the weft of society until all that is left is a smoldering heap of what could have been a great society of courtesy and consideration. But no, you are personally ruining civilization with your carelessness and your narcissism, and this has not gone unnoticed. And everyone listening today knows and agrees that you, madame, are what's known as a bad person. Have a good day. <laughs> Thank you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean... Inexcusable. Totally. Totally inexcusable. Like, there is no words. There is no, no words, words for this. But the words no. that you came up with, very good. I am particularly proud of the phrasing warp and weft. <laughs> that, that, I, clicked from, I was like, oh, you need to roll that back out into something. That's phenomenal. Yeah, put that on a pillow. Ooh, <laughs> so many layers. <laughs> Who is this person? Somebody who's not in my life anymore. have we learned? I learned that when I'm in this like beautiful setting in Italy where I'm looking mm -hmm. at all this stuff and there's people walking yeah. by and I'm just a part of the culture, I'm not ordering <laughs> coffee with milk. No, not doing it. After 10 a.m. Yeah, don't do it. I'm not going to do it. And I learned that you may have murdered someone. <laughs> <laughs> I get very upset when people hurt other people's feelings. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks to you out there for listening. Find your address. It's any handwritten note on my custom stationery. He does. So for your homework this week, I want to hear from you. I do. And you've got questions for us. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. You right there. Yeah, you listening. I see you. Yeah, you. So send us your questions. You can send them to us through our website, or you can call us, or you can text us, and just send them in. We want them. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. So this one's a little bit step out of the normal box. I would like to say a huge cordials of kindness to the people who created the Mandalorian. Um, <laughs> because Star Wars was a huge part of my childhood and my dad and I shared together. And it was like, I always wanted to be Han Solo. And I'd already watched the Mandalorians. And then when I came home with my family, we rewatched them together. And they're just so beautifully done. And it's so nice, especially during hard times, to have something that's just enjoyable to share. And I mm. just thank you to the storytellers it's okay. really thank you so much for creating wonderful stories for us oh that's very nice and we got a great one through cordialofkindness.com which Ooh. is a reminder you can send us cordials of kindness and maybe we'll read them so this is quote i have made it a point to praise people as much as i can and i've been listening to you since lee appeared on the late show with stephen colbert I greatly value a good laugh and deep thinking, and I get both of that with your show. The fact that the show is about manners is somewhat irrelevant to me. <laughs> I enjoy listening <laughs> to the conversations between you two. Funny, opinionated, and delightfully entertaining. You two are quite amazing. Thank you for the entertainment. Oh my goodness. Isn't that the nicest That's thing? That's the nicest. I feel like we should frame that. So thank you. Really appreciate that. 
This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or or like in in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.